Hi, friends. Welcome to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God. My name is Jason Wheeland, and I'm a pastor on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback. This is my first episode back since being out on paternity leave, so I want to thank you guys for your prayers for our new little girl. I'm grateful to share that everyone is healthy and doing well. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little different. A number of months ago, I had a conversation on this podcast with Jonathan Charks. He was a sports writer who worked for a media company called The Ringer, and I had been familiar with him in his work for some time. I invited him on the podcast at the time because he was battling a very difficult cancer diagnosis. He was 34 with his uh, wife and two-year-old son, and with the bad prognosis he was given, he wanted to use the platform that he had to share about his faith in God and the power of community. The conversation I had with him uh, was one of my favorites in the five years of doing this podcast. I'm sad to share that Jonathan died this past weekend after being put on hospice about a week prior. Uh, I'm so grateful for the hope we have of eternal life in heaven and the knowledge that Jonathan is no longer having to deal with the brokenness of his body and uh, that he is with his Savior Jesus, whom he loved so much. Uh, I wanted to share with you an email that I wrote to him when uh, he went home to be on hospice. Now, I have no idea if he ever read it, uh, but it sums up my thoughts about Jonathan. Uh, So uh, I wanted to share that with you. Uh, After some beginning words in the email, I said, I heard about the recent hospice developments. I know this was something you were one day anticipating, but all the while praying to avoid. I am and will continue to be praying for God's miraculous intervention, but if his plan is indeed to bring you home to him soon, I wanted to thank you for how faithful you and your wife have been during this extraordinarily difficult season. Your dedication to continuing the sharing of the good news has been a beautiful testimony. I'm grateful for the conversation that we got to have and for the thousands of people who listened and were impacted by your honesty and your faith in God's ultimate faithfulness. I'm amazed at the way in which your wife continues to pour herself out on Caring Bridge and the people who were impacted by each and every post. Your life has been and will continue to be a blessing to all of those who know you or just know your story. Though the time has seemed short, I have no doubt that God is with you saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. So friends, please be keeping Jonathan's wife, Melissa, and her, his little boy, Jackson, and their family and friends in your prayers. In the show notes or description, you'll find a link to the conversation I had with Jonathan a few months ago, as well as a link to the Caring Bridge page that his wife, Melissa, has managed. I encourage you to read her beautiful entries on there. Uh, I wanted to use the rest of this episode as an opportunity to talk about prayer, specifically around the questions of praying for healing and why does God not always 
answer our prayers the way we want him to. You may be in a situation where you are desperately praying for healing for yourself or for a loved one. So I've asked Pastor Buddy Owens from Saddleback to help us navigate this. I hope this conversation helps you. And uh, now we'll move to our conversation with Pastor Buddy. Buddy, thanks so much for being here today to talk through uh, all of this stuff with you, uh, especially when it was kind of a last-minute text yesterday to see if you could record early this morning. I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I, I hope that I can... Uh... I hope that I can deliver <laughs> what you're looking for. <laughs> well, I have I have no doubt that you will offer some words of wisdom, and uh, especially in as, as we're talking through uh, something that I think everybody, every Christian, wrestles with yeah. at some point. So I wanted to I, I wanted to um, start from a place of just talking about healing in general. Yeah. So we were. Um, in this place with Jonathan specifically, who we were just talking about, um, where where we were praying for healing, yeah. praying for a miracle, yes. in that sense, right? And um, and in this story with Jonathan, it, it it didn't happen the way that we had been praying for it to happen. Yeah. So if could you help us understand just a little bit about what does the Bible talk about when we're talking about praying for healing? Yeah. Well, we are told to pray for healing and that we can pray for healing. We're told that God is our healer. It's one of his names, that he's a healer. Um, And I believe that, well, first let me say, I do not believe that it is always God's will to heal. Now, some people would start throwing rocks at me for saying that. (laughs) But if it were God's will that we always be healed, then we'd never die. And, and, and I wonder if you could actually even make the case that if it was God's will that we are always healed, then I wonder if you could make the case that we would then never even get sick because, you know, why? why? Yeah. Why bother? Okay. <laughs> so um, I don't think that's the case. Everybody at some point expires, right? They, they die from, from something. Yeah. And it's, it's usually sooner than we want it to be, you know. And it's always a shock, even when you're preparing for it and knowing that it's coming in a loved one or a friend, even when it happens, it's still it's still a shock to people. Um, but at the same time, I think we have an obligation to pray for healing. And one of the reasons for that is, um, well, I'll tell you a story. Uh, a dear friend of mine who died mm-hmm. about three years ago, he was a, a mentor to me guy named James Ryle, one of the most brilliant uh, uh, communicators I've, I've ever known. And <clears throat> he told me about his own struggle in praying for healing for people as a pastor. And he went to his mentor and told him, his mentor's name was John, actually it was John Wimber. Hmm. He went to Wimber and he said, he said, you know, John, sometimes I hesitate to pray for people to be healed because I'm afraid of how they will react if God doesn't answer their prayer the way they want him to. Mm-hmm. And John, so smart, so wise, he looked James straight in the eye, pointed his finger into his chest, and he said, James, the answer to your prayer is none of your business. <laughs> you pray for people because you love them. Mm-hmm. 
and because we're told to pray. But the answer to the prayer is entirely in God's hands. He said, don't worry about setting God up for failure. Hmm. You can't set God up for failure. But sometimes we, we think, oh, I don't want to ask too much because yeah. I don't want to set him up for failure and make God look bad. Mm-hmm. That's not your problem. That's <laughs> yeah. God's problem. And that's really the way I approach it. Mm. When someone asks me to pray for healing, I pray for healing. Yeah. And there are a lot of people when it comes to praying for healing, the first thing they do is they start praying for the doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. God, we pray for their doctors. And I go, well, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm talking to the Lord about his action. Yeah. And if he wants to heal through medicine, awesome. If he wants to heal through a miracle, awesome. However he wants to do it, I ask him to do it. It's his reputation that's on the line, not mine. Because mm. I'm not the miracle worker. Yeah. He's the miracle worker. It's God's reputation on the line. Now, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I'm not. I'm highly respectful. It's his reputation. Yeah. So if that's who God is, then I'm going after it and asking him to do something, asking him to heal. But at the same time, I come in a submitted, surrendered posture. It's like making your case before the judge mm. in court. Mm-hmm. You come and you say, here's what the law says. Here's what the circumstances are. And this is my case, and I'm asking for this. But you're leaving it in the hands of God. And at that point is when you have to trust him to do what he knows is best, regardless of what I think. It's what does he know is is best. That doesn't mean that that, that I have some sort of fatalistic approach to this. I don't, because I believe God heals. And I'm asking him to do it. And I've watched him do it many times. Some people have asked me, do you have the gift of healing? No, I don't. But I have given gifts of healing. Mm. Yeah, through right? yeah. That's the way I view the spiritual gift of healing. Mm. It's one of the gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12. It's not, oh, I have this gift. Gifts are meant to be given. Yeah. And I have faith to pray for people to be healed, but they're not always healed. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they are. So I pray. Mm. that they will be healed. And I've watched it happen many times, and I've watched it not happen many times. In the case of, of our friend here, yeah. there are people all over praying for him. Yeah. Why he died, I have no idea. That's, that's between him and God. Yeah. But I have to believe that in the meantime, something was accomplished in a heavenly realm, in a kingdom realm of, if nothing else, at least of relationship of people praying for the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, coming together and agreeing on something in prayer. Mm-hmm. Help us understand a little bit this idea of God answering prayer versus unanswered prayer. Right? There's a lot of people who who would, you know, say, uh, you know. Um, I like, for example, there's the Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayers, right? Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's also the idea that um, God does answer every prayer. It just might not be the way that you want it answered. Mm-hmm. There's other ways. Can you help us understand uh, how 
what God's role is in prayer and in our requests of prayer? So God's role in prayer. Well, so let me take a broader view. Yeah, please. I can. Because God has, you see from the very beginning, God, God created us. He formed us to partner with him to accomplish his purposes mm-hmm. on the earth. Um, that's what he called Adam to. He gave him a work to do to care for something that, was, that belonged to God and for Adam to steward it. So everything we do is a stewardship of something that ultimately belongs to God. Our role in prayer is, is first obedience, because he, he commands us to pray. And we are making a case before God. Uh, there are some things I believe God will not release unless we come to him in prayer. Hmm. Sometimes he shocks us and surprises us by just blessing us with something we didn't see coming. Sure. But at the same time, or I should say on the other hand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are times when things won't happen unless we pray. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> His role in prayer is to answer as he knows best. Mm. Um, I don't give my kids everything they ask for. Yeah. When they were little and they might want something, but I know what's best, I'm going to say no, knowing that they're going to be disappointed. But because I know what's best for them at that moment, I say no. Now, you'll hear some people say, well, God answers every prayer and sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. Yeah, and, and that's all true. It's but to me that that's always just sounded kind of trite and really not very comforting. Mm. I'm sorry to say that. No, some people they love that and they put it on <laughs> posters on yeah, the yeah. wall. To me, it just it just kind of sounds like a uh, I don't know, like a way of letting God off the hook. I'm just being open with No, yeah, it's great. Those things are true. Yeah. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no. And yes, sometimes we do have to wait. Yeah. But just to say, well, that's okay, so be happy now because God sometimes God did answer you. You can be happy now. (laughs) It's the same thing when people say, Well, he healed him in heaven. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I wasn't asking God to heal him in heaven. This is my kid. This is my husband, my wife, my friend. I wanted him to be healed now, here, mm. while I'm with that person. Yeah. Not, oh, off in heaven someplace. And, I mean, so, and I, I could be totally wrong, and you're probably going to get a whole bunch of letters <laughs> mad at me for saying that. <clears throat> um, I remember doing a funeral one time for somebody who had lost a child. Mm-hmm. It was my second funeral. Mm. Ay, ay, ay. Mm. My second funeral. My first one was an 84-year-old believing woman, graveside, yeah. just the family. And as I walked away from the grave, I was thanking the Lord. My first funeral was so easy. Yeah, It was painful for the family, but it was... It was she's with Jesus. The family it's knows the Lord. one thing when you're doing it for a saint too. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. All of those things kind of, okay. <clears throat> the next day I got a phone call from uh, a chaplain at, at Saddleback Hospital mm. saying there was a family urgently asking for me to come because their baby had died. Mm. Seven weeks old. Mm. That was my second funeral. Oh. So when the day came for the service, I overheard someone say to her this line you hear all the time. And to me, it's kind of like, well, Jesus healed him in eternity. Yeah. This guy said to this woman, 
well, I guess Jesus just needed him in heaven more than we needed him here. Yeah. And I just wanted to punch him. Mm. Because what's that going to do to that family? Yeah. Well, Jesus took our baby from us. And at that moment, I had a thought I'd never had before. Maybe other people have said it, but I'd never thought of it before. So I said in the service, because I was presiding over the service, I looked her right in the eye. And I said, I want you to know, Jesus didn't take Tyler from you. Mm. God hates death. That's why he sent Jesus. He hates death. He hates what it does to people, to families, to loved ones. He hates that grief. Mm. He didn't take Tyler from you, but he did receive him. Mm. And it released her from what could have been anger. Yeah. Even though there was deep heartache. Mm. But the anger over God, why would you take my, you know, think he's, you know, you need him more than I, all of that stuff. It's, it's those little trite answers that we give people sometimes. Instead of, I, I often think the best thing to do is just to shut up yeah. and just grieve with somebody or sit with somebody, do what you can to comfort them, but don't try to think up answers. Hmm. Don't make up answers that really aren't going to do anybody any good. You know? Yeah. To say, well, sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says, no. <laughs> how's that going to make somebody happy? Yeah. You know? It's almost how's like. going to comfort him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's kind of, well, I guess he said no. Okay. It still doesn't tell us why. I'll just, I'll just, I feel so much better now. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to feel any better. Yeah. So I, uh, as a pastor, just as a bald guy, I don't like to say those kinds of things to people. Cause yeah. I, w- what difference would that make to me? Mm. So I, I don't, but he does say no. Yeah. I don't know if I'm talking too much. No, no, this is perfect. Cause it leads into, into, I think the heart of this mm-hmm. is this and it's something that i think every person wrestles with at some point and it's perhaps the hardest thing uh for christians to process through mm-hmm. which is trying to reconcile some things that we see in scripture about asking god in faith mm-hmm. so we see things like you know if you have if you have a faith the size of of a mustard seed, then you can move mountains. Or if you ask it in my name, it will be given to you. That Those things. And yet, so, so often we see in our lived life experience that we get these no's, these prayers. So, for example, a prayer is for healing. Yes. And when the answer is no, that raises those questions of, did I not have enough faith? Did I not pray hard enough? Yes. Uh, why are things happening this way when... I pray. I had my friends pray with me. I have prayer warriors. We had we had two of us together, and Jesus was there. Like, what does how, how does this? How, so, can you help us reconcile this or process through it? I guess a little bit of yeah. what does this mean? <laughs> I can try. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the first to admit I don't have all the answers. Okay, I don't think anybody does. No, and so you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. Um, but from what I can see in Scripture, and you've heard me talk about this before, a, a couple of sort of the big occasions when God said no yeah. in Scripture. And one was in Job, mm-hmm. when here's a man who is righteous. The Bible says he was righteous in all of his ways. So he's a good guy. He's doing what God wants him to do. Um, keeping his nose clean, you know, yeah. just living the kind of life that God wants him to live. 
So you think, well, that kind of person now, God's going to you know, bless them and give them everything they ask for and answer all their prayers the way they want and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> but then you read that in one day, he lost everything. Hmm. He had pray- It says before this, it says he prayed for his children every single day. Yeah. But in one day, all of his children were murdered by terrorists. Yeah. He lost his servants, he lost his house, he lost all of his property, he lost his wealth, he lost everything, he lost his health, mm-hmm. all in one day, lost it all. So God said no. He's praying for his family. God said no. His response was, I didn't bring anything into this world, and I'm going to take anything out. Mm. Right? <clears throat> and even if he kills me, I'm going to trust him. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And it says, so in all of this, Job did not sin by accusing God. Yeah. Accusing God. Important word. The other, uh, the other instance is, um, is, is Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. asking God why he forsook him. Mm-hmm. Why have you forsaken me? And the night before that in the garden, saying, God, I don't want to do this. Yeah. There's got to be some other way. Yeah, take this right? cup away. Take yeah. this cup from me. If there's any other way, say, I don't, I don't want to do this. He is a man. Mm-hmm. He's God in the flesh. But let's not forget the flesh The flesh part, part yeah. Yeah, he's a man. He knows what this is going to do. He's probably seen it before. Mm. This is not the first crucifixion. Yeah. The Romans, right? So he knows what's coming, and he does not want to go through this. Yeah. So he's saying, if there's any other way, nevertheless, let your will be done. And now he's on the cross and saying, God, why have you left me? You know, you've abandoned me. But it's his, that prayer, that question, and that's the question we often ask. Mm-hmm. God, why did you say no? Why have you abandoned me? Yeah. That's the question we're asking. Yeah. Same thing Jesus said. Why have you abandoned me, forsaken me? But those were not his last words. Mm-hmm. His last words were, Father, you who have abandoned me, mm-hmm. Father, you who you don't seem to be anywhere around, mm-hmm. I don't see you, I don't feel you, I'm totally disconnected from you, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Mm-hmm. So that was Jesus' ultimate statement of faith in a God who said no. Yeah. To me, that's the lesson that, that I hold on to. Because I watch what Jesus did when God said no. Uh, rather than blame him. Yeah. Right. Martha blamed Jesus. Mm-hmm. When Lazarus died, Lord, if you'd come here, this wouldn't have happened, yeah. right? <clears throat> he had something else in mind, but Jesus didn't blame the Father. He still stepped out in faith and said, I- "I'm surrendered to you. I'm putting my into your hands. I commit my spirit." Mm-hmm. It's an ultimate statement of faith, and that's what I have to cling to. I don't know why God says no. And we talk about, well, you know, we live in a broken planet. Yes, we do. And there is sin. And and there is still a devil who is very real, who hates us. Yeah. And there's still brokenness. And there's still, there's still violence and illness and all of those things are still going on. We're not in heaven yet. 
we do worship a heavenly father. Yeah. We are part of it of another kingdom. But we are in a battle. We're in a war. Yeah. Right? Scripture tells us that. We're in a war. And we don't win every battle the way we think we should. Hmm. My heart goes out to people who don't get those those prayers answered. Yeah. I, I see it all the time. It's happened in my family. It's you know, we all have. Yeah. I guess the question is, am I going to hang on to God no matter what? Yeah. And we can say, oh, yes, I will. <laughs> but when it actually comes down to it, yeah. whew, will you really? Mm. Will you really hold on to him no matter what? But I also want to say for anyone listening who has let go of God, mm-hmm. First, that's not uncommon. Yeah. But I would say that God's grip on you is much, much stronger than your grip on him. Hmm. So you can say, oh, I, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. That's like the little kid saying, I hate you, daddy. Yeah. He's still your daddy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> He's not going to let go of you just because you try to let go of him. Hmm. I've heard you, um, when you teach on prayer, you, uh, in the Lord's Prayer section, you, you know, go through the, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And we, yeah. and we pray that because so often God's will is not done on earth as it is, and that's why we pray it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you, I, I think that ties in a little bit too to what we've been talking about. Could you talk a little bit about that idea of God's will not always, not being done on earth as it is in heaven and, and... And, and why that is, why there is that brokenness and all that stuff, just just a little bit, just to tie that piece together. Sure, and I think I think a lot of it flows all the way back to love. Mm-hmm. Now, some people go, "What? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean love? In order for there to be love, there must be free will." Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. There has to be free will. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be ordered to love, we're just robots. Yeah. And we have to have free will. And free will means that we can go the wrong direction, which we did. Sin entered the world. There's brokenness in the relationship. And God's will is not always done on earth. Mm-hmm. P- partly because of free will. Yeah. Right? Um, to me, that's maybe that's too simplistic, but, I, but that's where I have to settle. I have to go back yeah. to... if. If we were set up as to be stewards of the earth and we relinquish that stewardship to an enemy, mm-hmm. uh, well, then we can't be surprised that there's that there's brokenness and that God's will is not always done. Yeah, we have a responsibility to represent His will mm-hmm. and to pray for and advocate for His will. Um, but we also have to understand that. We don't win every battle. Yeah, we win the war, right? We all know that we win the war, but we don't win every battle. Yeah. But so when you were saying, you know, when I when I teach on praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, to me, one of the most important words in that in that uh, phrase is the one that's probably the easiest to overlook because it's such a small word. It's the word as. Mm-hmm. 
your will be done, your kingdom come. So that's your authority. Yeah. Right? Your will be done. That's the way you your wisdom mm-hmm. brought into this situation on earth as it is in heaven. As that little word can mean two things. It can mean just like, but it also can mean just when. Mm-hmm. So when we're praying that the will of God, that his authority and his wisdom will be brought to bear in a situation, we're praying that it will be done just like and just when it is done in heaven. So we're not only surrendering the outcome, we're surrendering the timing Mm -hmm. to God. Because often we want to hurry things up. We know what we want, we want it right now. So going back to the what I call the trite answer, where sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait. Yeah. Well, that's part of as, on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes he says yes, but not yet, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's a word we sort of overlook. Or it might be that we, we don't even really think about it anymore because we've prayed that prayer so many times that it's lost its meaning. Yeah. You know? Your kingdom come your way. Yeah. <laughs> it just sort of rolls off the tongue. Um, but there's great power in all of that. Mm-hmm. Praying for the kingdom of God, his authority, his rulership, his way to be to be brought into a situation is a privilege that we're given. As Second Corinthians five says we are his ambassadors. Mm-hmm. We're ambassadors of Christ. And the ambassador represents the will of his king. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do in prayer, is to the best we can discover by looking in the word, we try to determine what is the will of God in a situation, and then we go into prayer for that. For that. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what I was saying about making your case before the judge. Yeah. <clears throat> we make our case... But ultimately, we've surrendered that answer to his wisdom. Mm-hmm. Just like the attorney does, he surrenders the answer to the judge sitting on the bench. Right? Yeah, He's made his case, but it's up to the judge. And whatever she says goes, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so in praying, Lord, you, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Uh, that is a heartfelt prayer of mine mm-hmm. all the time. And it's sort of in the in the the background, the underpinnings. I'm trying to find the right metaphor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right of my prayer life, mm-hmm. and I I believe God knows that, and I remind Him of that. <laughs> you know, I am surrendered. Yeah. I pray on my knees a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing about praying on your knees is you can't get away very fast. <laughs> so. So it's a posture of surrender, and I pray on my literally phys- physically. Oh, I've used knees. I've used the example before of you talking about how you put your slippers under the bed so that you yeah. have to get on your knees. Yeah, get on to your get knees. Your slippers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. So it 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 is in the the undergirding of how I pray, but I don't hesitate to pray boldly. Yeah. And to ask big things. Hmm. He's a big God. It's not yeah. like he's going to be. <laughs> Thinking, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that one. <laughs> it seems like a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ask, and I keep on asking, as, as Jesus said. Mm-hmm. Seek and keep on seeking. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, I think I think it's helpful. Can you help? So for people who, um, who might look at an, quote, unanswered prayer like this and say, see, 
like you spent all that time praying and nothing happened. He still died or something like that. Uh-huh. And who used that as a reason to say, obviously God doesn't exist. He didn't answer you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How can we respond to people who may have that approach? Well, it goes back to what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I guess what what you're saying is, if what I see doesn't match up with what I I have faith for, does that mean I no longer have faith for it? Mm -hmm. David went through the same thing in the Old Testament when his son died, Mm -hmm. his child. And he's fasting and praying for God to heal this baby. Yeah. Fasting and praying. And the baby dies. And all of his friends go, oh my word, if this guy was fasting and praying before the child died, what's he going to do now? Yeah. And when the child dies, David gets up off of his knees, off of his face before God, yeah. and brushes himself off and goes into the temple to worship. Yeah. He's a surrendered man. Mm-hmm. And I want to live that way. I don't want to allow a no to make me bitter. Yeah. I don't ever want that to happen to me. Mm. And it's it's your worship when God says no. I believe that's the worship that is of greatest value to God, greatest worth to Him, mm. because that's when it truly is an act of faith. Yeah. It's not even the worship while you're waiting. You know, we talk about if you if you worship God after the fact, that's gratitude. If you yeah. worship him before he's answered, that's faith. faith. Yes. But it's that, sa- and it really is a sacrifice of worship mm. after he has said no. Mm. Oh, my word. That's the hardest time to worship because you want to be mad. Yeah. Right? You want to be disappointed. You want to doubt. That's the moment. That worship, that offering is of greatest value to God because it truly is an act of faith. Because you're saying, regardless of what I see and regardless of what I feel, I'm going to, I'm going to press forward with, with what in my heart of hearts I know. Mm. And I'm going to worship the Lord anyway mm. because he is a healer. Yeah, I've seen him do it. He healed my one of my kids mm. when when the doctors had said her it's hopeless mm. when she was a baby. Healed her instantly. Mm. Um, he did the same thing. A neighbor, a woman across the street, came to our house one day. Her best friend was home on hospice, had hours to live from cancer, mm. and she came. I didn't know anything about it. And she came over desperate in tears and asked me to pray for her friend. Hmm. So Linda and I just stood there in our living room with our neighbor and prayed for her friend. Hmm. And God healed the woman. Wow. He, he healed her. Yeah. That wasn't <laughs> supposed to happen, right? Yeah. But there, as I said, there. And that's awesome. Again, that wasn't me. That's God, right? Yeah. Okay, don't anybody build a shrine in my living room. You know? <laughs> that's God just answered a prayer. Yeah. He's the healer. Um, but, of course, there have been many times when I've prayed and that has not happened. Yeah. 
but I still believe even when he says no. Yeah. I still have to trust him. Yeah. I mean, what else am I going to do? <laughs> What's the alternative? Yeah. The, the only alternative is absolute darkness. Mm. To turn my back and walk away from the only source of light in my life, right? <clears throat> mm. And I say, well, I'm not going to believe in you anymore because you didn't do what I wanted you to do. Well, who's God in that equation? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's also choosing to ignore all of the other things you've seen yeah. him do. Yeah. So, well, what have you done for me today? It's exactly. that kind of attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, God is God. I'm not, I'm not God. Well, and that's why I love, you know, it, it ties back into one of the first things that you were saying about how, yes, there can be that confusion of why somebody was healed and why somebody was not healed. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's, that's God's problem. Like that, that, that's, that's on God. Yeah. And that is something that you can wrestle with, with God mm-hmm. and, and you can go back and forth with him on it. Yeah. And maybe he will, he will choose to share his grand plan about it with yeah. you. Or maybe it's just something that you'll be able to ask him about in heaven. Or maybe it's something that you just, it's, it's just there. It's just a part of your lifelong eternal relationship with God was that this thing happened. Yeah, it did happen. And you don't, it's not like you're going to get over it. Yeah. You have to get, move through it. Mm-hmm take it with you, you know, take the lessons that you're learning with you. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if anything I'm saying is going to help anybody who's listening right now. I mean, there are people. Well, again, I'm that's sure God's probably that that's up to. <laughs> it, it, it is up to the Lord, but he's also the comforter. Yeah. You know, he's also the counselor. Yeah. Um, and he, and he loves us. Um, and he grieves he grew some, man, I, I was thinking the other day, I'm trying to remember what situation brought it to my mind. It was just, I think, just this weekend. Mm. I was thinking about Jesus weeping at Lazarus' tomb. And though I don't understand everything behind that, that Jesus wept, yeah. but I suddenly thought, man, I'm so glad he did. Mm. Because when you think about, if we're supposed to follow the model of Jesus... Can you imagine through church history, if Jesus had not wept at yeah. Lazarus' tomb, mm. if he had stood there stoic? Yeah. How all would, of now, how would we do funerals? All of the doctrine or anything that yeah. that, that would be created yeah. out or of that. Or if he had yeah. laughed at death because he knew what was coming, how would that? Oh my goodness! How would we go through that? There's a funeral for somebody, and everybody's yeah. going to laugh. Yeah. Right. Because that's what Jesus did. No, he wept. Yeah. So glad. he gave us permission to grieve. Yeah. Oh, and I hadn't really, for some reason, I'd never really connected those things mm. until just this weekend. Yeah. I thought, I'm so glad he did that. Mm. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad he did that. And imagine what kind of a testimony that would be to the world if Christians were stoic in a, at a funeral. Yeah. Non-emotional. All oh, stop crying. Mm. Holy moly. Can you imagine what that would say to the world who's grieving? Oh my goodness. And it would just be a complete, just, um, not aware of our emotions. Like we were built with emotions for grief and for tear and, and tear ducts to cry, right? Not every animal was built with tear ducts. That's right. That's right. God gave us all that. And so if we weren't given that, 
a permission, as you said, to, you know, to weep, to show that emotion and grief. Yeah. yeah. It'd be so confusing. <laughs> it would. It would. Um, I wanted to um, end by just asking, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who either they themselves are desperately seeking um, answers or prayer, you know, answered prayer in a specific way, or they know somebody who is dealing with a terminal illness or whatnot. Um, how, what are some ways that we can best love uh, on people who either know somebody that they're desperately praying for, or they themselves are doing the desperate prayer? Ways that we can love them? Um, well, I go back to, to my friend James and, uh, and John Wimber. We pray for them because we love them. Yeah. The answer to the prayer is up to God. We pray for them because we love them. So pray for them. Pray with them. The second thing I would say is don't make up answers. Hmm. Don't say stupid things. <laughs> that, I mean, you have to think, if someone said it to you, would it make you feel any better? Yeah. Because that's what we want to do. We want to make people feel better. We don't mm-hmm. want to see them hurting. and say, I get it. Well, of course we don't. But you have to ask yourself, if somebody said that to me, oh, Jesus needed your baby more than you did, would that make me feel better? Yeah. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's often best not to say anything. Just sit with them. Just ask them, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, love them, hug them. Um, and as I said, pray for them, contend for them. Um, that's part of love. If someone is, is really ill, you contend for that person. Because oftentimes they can't pray for themselves. They're yeah. too sick, they're too tired, they're too whatever, you know. So you pray for them. Um, and I really think that's one of the best ways to love people. Hmm. Is It's amazing what happens when you tell somebody, I'm praying for you. Yeah. And you really are praying for them. It's actually, yeah. it's more important <laughs> when you actually stop and pray for them. Yeah. In the moment, yeah, sure. Yeah, because you can say, I'm praying for you, and you're not. You're yeah. lying, you know. Okay. <laughs> it happens all the time. Well, I'm praying for you, and you know they're not you praying. You completely forgot about that, yeah. Totally forgot. Uh, and that's why I don't say that to people. Yeah. I stop, and I pray for them, mm-hmm. you know. It happened yesterday out on the patio. Yeah. Some, uh, a woman came, would you pray for me, you know, or keep me in your prayers, because I forgot all the things that she said, but all this stuff was going on. And see, I already said, I forgot. Yeah. Well, then I wouldn't have remembered to pray. Yeah. Because there's so much going on. And here's something this woman is carrying that's heavy on her heart coming to me out of the blue and expecting, hoping that I'm going to be fully connected, you know, with where she's at. She's got all this background to the story. I don't know what I'm hearing stuff for the first time. Um, And asking me to pray. So I said, well, let me pray for you right now Hmm. so that I've done it. Yeah. Right, and I've shown that I really do care. If I didn't care, I would have said, "Yeah, I'll be praying for you." I would have walked away. If yeah, I do care. That's why I prayed for her because mm. I do care. Um, and and, it, and it's it was important to her. So pray for people. Don't mm-hmm. just say you will. Pray for them. Um, <clears throat> pray for them often. You know the, my my little uh, habit that I have of my my text. Yes. You know? What I what I call drop-in visitors. Mm-hmm. Drop-in visitors are the people who pop into your head out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And you go, why am I thinking about that guy? I haven't thought about that guy in years or whatever it might be. These come to your head. 
I take that as an opportunity to pray. They just dropped into my head. That's why I call them drop-in visits. Yeah. And I, I, when that happens, I stop and I pray for them. And then I pull out my phone and I send them a text, mm-hmm. provided that I have their number. You know, yeah. Sometimes I, I have no contact with them. Sure. But again, that's not my problem. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the Father on their mm-hmm. behalf, right? But if I have their number, I send them a text. And all I say is praying for you today. Mm-hmm. That's all I say, praying for you today. And it means so much to people because they immediately write back. Yeah. You know, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, and, <laughs> and then the conversation starts. Even an atheist, if you say, I will pray for you, and, and if they're in a desperate situation, even an atheist will say, well, if you believe in that sort of thing, go ahead, but you yeah. pray for this, 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 and this. You know? <laughs> it's like they get really specific. Yeah. Um, no one's going to say no if you yeah. say, I'm going to pray for you. Hmm. you know? They may not want you to pray for them right at that moment. Sure. No one's going to say, no, don't pray for me. They, they won't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you say, oh, I'm going to pray for you anyway. Yeah, you can't stop me. Did, it's just out of heartache over yeah, grief, you know, some, some disappointment. That they yeah. Mm. yeah. So I think that's the best way to love people is to pray for them, serve their practical needs, but don't try to give them advice that's going to solve the problem yeah. unless you really have deep wisdom from the Lord yeah. on a situation. But don't just throw some trite response. Mm. Don't make up an answer. Yeah. It's not going to do anybody any good. Mm. So um, thanks again for asking me to do this today. And I, I before we finish, I just I want to pray for whoever's listening. Yeah. I mean, why not? Okay. Yeah. Okay. What harm would it do? What good <laughs> could it do? Mm. You know, I often say to people, think about what would happen if we prayed? Yeah. But the darker side to that question is, what could happen if we don't pray? Yeah. So I'm going to pray for your listeners right now. Mm. Okay. Father, first, we thank you for the gift of prayer. You didn't have to listen. You could have chosen to ignore us. But you invite us to talk to you. And so we thank you for the gift of prayer that we can bring every hurt, every heartache, every worry and concern, every need, every opportunity, every nightmare. We can bring all of it to you in prayer because we believe you. We stand in your word. We believe that you're a good God. We believe that you care about us. And so we pray. And Lord, in obedience to you, And out of love for your people, lost or found, out of love, Lord, I I now want to pray for everyone who's listening today. Lord, you know the needs that that are here. You know the pain and the heartache and the sadness, the worries. God, you know the worries, the burdens that we carry the losses that we suffer. You know all of these things. But I believe that you are a God who hears and answers prayer. And so, Lord, I now pray for everyone listening. 
that you would show yourself to be the provider, the counselor, the comforter, the healer, the friend. Lord, for those who are lonely, be their friend today. For those who are grieving, be their comforter. For those who are sick or worried about a friend or loved one who is sick, Lord, would you be a healer today? We know you can do it. We know you can work miracles. We've watched you do it before. We're just asking you to do it again. For your name's sake, for your glory, Lord, not for us, for you, for your glory. So, Lord, I'm asking you, in this conversation that we've been having about the difficulties of prayer and what to do when you say no, Lord, I'm asking you today to say yes. To say yes to our requests. And I'm asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Buddy, thank you for wrestling through this with us. We really appreciate it. And we're asking. Yes. Think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you if you are listening and either you yourself need prayer in this moment or you know somebody who does, please feel free to put it in the comments. Um, and um, as I said, I will be checking on those comments and we will be praying for the things that you post. So buddy really do appreciate this uh thank you friends and uh we will be uh, back with you uh for another episode of doable discipleship next tuesday if you enjoyed this episode consider giving us a rating or review on itunes if you do you'll help other people find us in the future you can also listen to these episodes on youtube just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.